Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here is our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. I am excited about the show, and I think you will. You're going to learn a lot and also be very entertained by this guest. But before we get into the meat of the show, let me tell you about something very exciting for Second Wind. We have a new advertiser, and I'm excited to tell you about HelloFresh. It is an amazing business that delivers delicious chef-curated recipes based on farm-fresh ingredients to your doorstep for you to prepare for your family. Each meal from HelloFresh is complete and is delivered with their special boxes. The recipes are set up so that anyone can make a delicious and nutritious home-cooked meal in 30 minutes. All you do is follow the easy instructions with the ingredients all measured out, and you will create a wonderful meal with no hassle, and there is no waste. And they even have vegetarian meals for those that enjoy them. Right now, you can receive $35 off your first week of meals delivered by going to HelloFresh.com and use my code name, Joyce, for your order. You will get $35 off your first purchase. So go to HelloFresh.com. And see all the amazing meals and start your meals this week. Remember, use my name, Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, as your code so you'll receive your $35 off your first purchase. I love the meals. I'm, I am a family member of those meals. I love them. They're so easy. They're so fun to prepare. And it's like getting a Christmas package every week. So I want to say... Thank you as well to HelloFresh for um, advertising my show. It's wonderful to have them on board with me. So let me tell you about my guest today. She is an award-winning professional artist and signature member in excellence of the South Carolina Water Media Society. As an artist, her work is adventurous, enjoying a wide range of methods and materials. Her primary teaching emphasis is on water media and mixed media, but curiosity often finds her dabbling in other realms. Rebecca Zadibble, how'd I do, Rebecca? Rebecca Zibble is the, my guest today, and she is going to share her 
awesomeness with us. She is also the owner-operator of Art Myrtle Beach, LLC, hosting twice-yearly oceanfront and workshops with the international famous watercolorists in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Her business mission is summed up with her corporate motto, share love, spread light, do art, and give back. Her further To further these goals, she gives 30% of her painting sales to donations to support charity. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I practice, practice, practice. <laughs> Zadibble just would not come out. It's coming out now, though. But anyway, welcome so much to the show Thank today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. You know, it's in, in painting. I hear so many people that enjoy painting, and yet, um, um, I'm not quite sure I could ever sit down and paint. I don't know if there's a personality that's more interested, but you are certainly outgoing and uh, very vivacious. And and we met on one of your trips that you like to do that we're going to tell the guests about, where we were in Italy at a remote. Uh, well, it was a um, monastery, wasn't it? Yeah, in a 16th century monastery, and um, there were three groups there, and Rebecca was one of the groups, and so it was delightful to meet her with her group of ladies that had joined her on that trip. So we'll talk more about that. But Rebecca, tell me a little bit about you. How did you get to this part, this place in your life that you're doing this? Because you weren't always doing this. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. And that is that is quite a question. I mean, how do any of us end up where we are? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's part, you know, part effort, part uh, blessing, part mm-hmm. inspiration. I don't know. It's um, All I know is that I'm very happy that, um, however I got here, that it has led me to this place where I'm actually doing something that is so fulfilling in a, on a heart level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my it's been a matter of seasons in my life, Joyce. I think like a lot of women, you know, we, we have times in our lives that we dedicate to different things. And um, we're, we're living such long lives these days that mm-hmm. I think we're very fortunate to, to have this opportunity to reinvent ourselves along the way. And I think your show is so cool because it, um, it really speaks to the fact that this is really going on societally mm-hmm. for us. Mm. It's big how many women start out in in their lives in one route. They have to adjust to the family. They have to, and then there's a time when they start to rebirth themselves almost yeah. and reconnect yeah. with who they were, what they wanted to do when they originally saw what their life could be. Right. Before they came here. So you were, an, like most of us, but you were a nurse originally. Yeah. That was yeah. going to be your path. <laughs> well, you know, I guess, you know, I'm in my mid-50s, and so I came up in the era when, you know, um, it was post-women's revolution, and it was mm-hmm. the time where 
so many women had sacrificed so much to give opportunities to those of us who were young um, mm-hmm. that I really felt obligated that, you know, like to be a complete woman, that I had to be out there and having a career. And, and I, loved, um, I loved nursing, loved helping people, loved the science of it all, mm-hmm. and have always been fascinated by the human body. It's just such a beautiful machine. And so, you know, it was a wonderful time in my life where I um, explored, you know, that and made money for my family and and had the flexibility of working all over the country as my husband pursued his career. So Mm -hmm. um, it really fit for me. Um, Nursing Mm -hmm. was was a great season. And I was a nurse and practiced nursing through the birth of my fourth child. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. I know. You were I a mean, mega woman. You were I don't even know how I did it. Career. I look back and I think, what in the world? How did I have it? How did I do it? But it's all a blur, so I imagine I was pretty busy as I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please tell me you had some help. <laughs> Well, you know, I had babysitters and I had a housekeeper, you know, that, you know, helped me to to take care of of those sorts of things because my husband and I were both working. But still, you know, there's there's certain things that only a mom is qualified to do. And uh, and I didn't necessarily like to delegate those mom things to other people. And and that's what prompted my second phase of life, which was. Um, to be a stay-at-home mom, um, you know, I kind of woke up to the fact that um, I couldn't do it all. I wasn't doing it all well, and mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to have um, a situation where I could stay home. Not everybody has that as an option, um, mm-hmm. but it was an option for me, and so I I stopped working, and that was really one of the hardest things I think I ever did um, mm-hmm. because because I kind of in my heart knew that it would be hard to ever go back. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, different seasons require different uh, mindsets. And so anyway, the, the family season was, you know, very typical for a woman. You know, I'm just playing the chauffeur and trying to be the best mom I can be and cook good dinners. And really cooking was my realm of creativity for many years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you, you, when we were visiting, you talked about how difficult it was to make that decision because you had just had a great opportunity. You were, your career was growing up, and yet you felt this tug of the mother tug, I say, for those mm-hmm. Mothers that realize I can't, I can't, I can't do be excellent in both. Uh, I'm, right. Different areas are struggling, so um, that's a difficult, difficult place for any woman oh, to have is. to sit down. I mean, she needs a lot of inner guidance. She needs a lot of trust and uh, support when she makes that decision because it it. It is just as important to be there for your children as it is to have that exciting career. But somehow in our society, it doesn't advertise that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no. <laughs> There's very little glamour in in or status or, or ego gratification even in being a good mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, having raised four children, um, and I've, you know, I've, We've had our ups and downs with with our kids, mostly up, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But um, the 
the challenges to your ego of being a stay-at-home mom are huge (laughs) because, you know, it's very rare that people look at you, your children or your husband, and say, oh, thank you for for doing all that you did today, all those mundane, stupid little things that have to be done to keep a household running or whatever. Really? Very rarely are you thanked for all of that. Yeah. We're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back so that we can hear more of Rebecca's journey from professional woman into very important mother that stays at home to raise her children, their children, her husband's as well. So anyway, we will be back to talk more with Rebecca. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. notice you buy more groceries when you use a large shopping cart. The shopping cart, or trolley as it was originally called, was invented in 1937 by Sylvan Goldman, owner of two Oklahoma City grocery stores. Back then, shoppers carried their food in wicker baskets. One day, Goldman was observing his customers and realized that as soon as their baskets were full or too heavy on their arm, people stopped shopping. Goldman thought if we could somehow give customers two baskets, we could do considerably more business. What's another word for a resourceful person? A debrouillard. Goldman put wheels on some folding chairs, attached two baskets to the seat, and let the back of the chair act as a handle so the cart could be pushed with one hand. What do you call anything that can be manipulated with one hand? A thumbadoodle. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Today we are talking with with Rebecca Zadibel, and she is an award-winning professional artist, and we met on one of our trips, and um, we have been talking about her transition in life, and we sort of left it before break, for those of you that are just joining us now, that uh, Rebecca had this career going, and then it was very successful, it even had opportunities for promotion and growth, Um, and then she hit the wall or became very aware that her four children needed her. And this is where she was in making that decision. So, Rebecca, I'm going to talk about something that that I experienced as well in my transition from professional into stay-at-home mom was the just the change in, like, meeting people at dinner parties. They sort of like, and what do you do? And they, Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And it's just not quite the same when you don't, when you say, um, I stay, I'm a stay at home mom. I don't know how you phrased it, but, um, you know, they, they're much more responsive if you can say, I work for, I am a, you know, mm-hmm. right. That's so right. true. I had that, I had that very experience. I mean, I think that's the biggest challenge of being a stay at home mom is, is the ego um, loss that you experience. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have the reinforcement of a paycheck every week. You don't have um, people thanking you and telling you what a great job you're doing regularly. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to parties, like you say, oh, my gosh, there's no quicker way to <laughs> see someone's eyes glaze over than to tell them that you're a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, it just they'll move on to the next person so quickly. Our society just doesn't value that role. We're very commerce and, um, you know, business uh, prejudiced, I guess, within mm-hmm. the professional world. And um, it is, you know, it is what it is. Yep. You can't really fight it. You just have to be ready for the fact that you have to find your validation in other areas. Yes. So you stayed at home until your four um, children were out of the nest, or when did you decide you wanted to reenter or to change or you were needing, or what did make you move forward? You know, I think the the last incarnation, this artistic incarnation, really began um, as kind of a, a promise fulfilled to myself. When the kids got a little bit older, they were a few of them were out of the nest and the last two were approaching, you know, leaving the nest. I um I revisited this idea of taking art workshops and art classes. I had tried when the kids were little and it just didn't work. Um mm. I just I couldn't carve out the amount of time that it took to uh to sort of get into that creative space. And so I, when I found I had a little more time, I started taking art workshops and, and found real joy in that. And um, as, the, as the kids left the nest, I, um, I didn't necessarily go straight into art. There was a time when I was sort of at a loss. I didn't really know what to do, if I was supposed to go back to nursing or, mm. you know. I, I was in yeah. my early 50s, and I figured I had about 15 more years of productive life, you know, in me for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, well, geez, what do I want to do? And so I tried nursing again, and that just didn't wasn't as fulfilling as the time I spent doing art. And so I think in paying attention to my heart and, you know, Mm -hmm. going where the joy, um, following my joy, um, art just seemed to be the the realm that um, was beckoning. Mm -hmm. What did you discover um, or what was the feeling that you experienced when you were painting? Is that how you identified? You know, I think for me it's very meditative, and mm-hmm. um, and it's also there's an amazing um, mind transition that tends to take place when you're going into that creative place in your head. And, uh, you know, I came up with the 70s and maybe uh, <laughs> partook of a few uh of a few mind-altering moments in my life. And I have to say that art has, has, is by far the best drug I have ever experienced. It is, it is 
intense, and yet it is meditative. It is you're alert and focused, and yet you um, you get lost in mm. the process. And mm-hmm. for me, it is just a wonderful headspace to be in. Um, and the more I've done it, the more I want to be there because mm-hmm. it's like I channel the divine almost. And it sounds a little mm-hmm. cheesy, but um, I think any artist who has, you know, even dwelt in that space a little bit knows what I'm talking about. It's not a unique experience for me. It's an experience that anyone who does art can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we all have that, um, where we particular, I sort of call that talent, but it's where we kind of get lost in whatever we're doing i can identify with that feeling i don't do it through art but simply because i haven't really experienced very much painting um but you know for me i can get lost in just getting ready for a dinner party or you know it's the creating the beauty of the table it's creating the, the food women do this with food all the time not so much in eating it, but preparing and presenting a beautiful um, evening to the guests. So I, I can sort of relate in a, about your painting in that way. I think and, anyone can relate if they're doing something creative. It's mm-hmm. a creative headspace. It's not necessarily yep. an art headspace. So, you right. know, creativity can be defined very broadly. You know, you can write you can play mm. music. Mm-hmm. You can um, you can be doing any number sewing. You can any number of creative um, yes. activities. I think can sort of take you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, how long did you take lessons before you actually became the teacher? Because now you're a very accomplished teacher as well. Yeah, you know, I think um, that. The teaching was not necessarily the the goal. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was more just a byproduct of the journey. Um, mm-hmm. I have probably spent an art education's worth of you know of money on workshops and mm-hmm. um, classes mm-hmm. and and instruction, and um, I, I did that consciously because. I wasn't really interested in going back to school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that going to college and getting an art degree, um, I really didn't care about credentials. I was mm-hmm. worried more about studying with people that I found interesting, whose work I enjoyed, whose, whose uh, personality I found inspirational. And that's really, you know, what I did. I just sought out teachers, sought out mentors, and also just the whole time I was just in sort of a seeking mode. And I think sometimes when you seek, whether it's through prayer or through meditation or just, you know, through the groaning of your heart, mm-hmm. I think the universe mm-hmm. can uh, can just sort of reach out to help you um, mm. and facilitate your journey. That's certainly what happened to me. Yeah, I I love that we 
once we start visualizing what we want in our lives, it many times will come to us, maybe not in the way we expect it to come or in Often a certain not. way, yeah. <laughs> but it comes. So I love that you focused on the art and you started, did you start with it just an individual taking a class that way rather than going to the colleges and everybody went will, to by workshops. the way everybody yeah. will take their own path whatever yeah. appeals to them but rebecca in your case you just went to another artist and went to her class right i went to artists i went to workshops i um i also um ended up being offered a job it just you know again part of the i think the manifestation of of my desire, um, you know, I, I had a gallery owner approach me and desire for me to um, help her establish a, a a school, an art school. I don't even know why she came to me, but um, <laughs> it, it, I, I, you know, there was no logical sense. I wasn't a displaying artist. I wasn't a teaching artist, and yet she came to me, and um, and it, so I decided, okay, I'll. I'll take advantage of this opportunity, at least for a time-limited period, and one thing led to another, and through my affiliations with the gallery and and coordinating classes, there was a need for a class, and so, you know, one thing led to the next, and I decided to teach the class because I couldn't <laughs> find a teacher to do it, and... Um, <laughs> So, well, you know, I can tell you just from an observer, okay, because when we were on this trip, this was in um, September of this year, and as an observer, Rebecca has such a positive energy about her. I mean, she's up all the time, and she's, she does. She just, you know, it's sort of like she gathers her chickens, and off she goes. <laughs> I loved it. It was, you know, while you were doing all your things, I was watching. <laughs> That's so funny. Perhaps it's all those years of hurting children. <laughs> See, everything pays off. Everything it's, is a building stone. <laughs> no experience need be lost. It's, you know, sometimes our struggles end up being some of the things that we find give us the most to offer other people, you know, the things that you've survived and can live to tell the tale often, um, I've found are the things that um, can be the most encouraging to other people. You know, I think a big thing that encourages people who study with me is that I haven't been doing this all my life. It Mm, isn't something I was born to do. Um, Mm. It's something that I came to and discovered later in life and I think people find that encouraging because so often there's this mystique about art and artistry and talent that you've either got it or you ain't got it and I really disagree with that and I I really feel like that there's a creative spark in everyone and it's just a matter of you tuning into it and honing it now However, what is it they'd say? 5,000 hours spent in any endeavor will help you become an expert in that field. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe in that. I think, you yeah. know, whether it's music, I've, I've done music in my life, and I've got children who've been musical. And, you know, the Suzuki method is born of that theory that, you know, you just right. start in and you keep well, at it and you get better. Right. Rebecca, we're going to, 
I'm going to stop you here and hold that for next segment sure. because I do think there's lots of wisdom in that. And so when we come back, we'll be talking more with Rebecca. And returns after this short break. wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law. You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscavables before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. I want to share with you some exciting news about my new advertiser with Second Wind. You know, I am so pleased to welcome HelloFresh to be to the advertising of Joyce of Second Wind. My special box was delivered complete with the easy-to-follow instructions and the ingredients all measured out. There was no hassle. There was no waste. And within 30 minutes, I had prepared a delicious and nutritious home-cooked meal. I actually did my first beef stir-fry in the very first box. But I was so excited about the excitement of getting the box and seeing what was going to be prepared, although I do have some perimeters to order in it was it's just fun to be part of the program and i i am happy to say part of the hello fresh family now right now you can receive 35 dollars off your first week of meals delivered by going to hellofresh.com use my code name joyce for your order, and you will get $35 off your purchase, your first purchase. So go to HelloFresh.com and see all the amazing meals and start your meals this coming week. Remember to use my name, Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, as your discount code to receive your $35 off your first purchase. I love the meals. And I so know you will. It is a great way to go for food preparation and for eating and saving money. Oh, it's just great. So I thank you, HelloFresh, for for uh, being an advertiser to Second Wind. Now, we are visiting with Rebecca, and she has shared, generously shared her life, her transition, and, and we've talked briefly about the passion of painting that came to her actually sort of in midlife. So, uh, Rebecca, 
you know, we we talked just a little bit about the creativity that everybody is so afraid they don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, no, I can't be creative. Oh, no, no, I don't create anything. I can't, yeah, well, I can't draw a stick man. Everybody tells me that. Oh, I, I can't even draw a stick man. And, yeah. I, and that somehow that, um, that mindset prevents, um, or it's my belief that that kind of mindset prevents them from even entertaining the idea uh, that perhaps there is a little bit more to them than what they even realize. And um, I I always beg to differ with people when they say that uh, because, you know, I think we're often carrying around the scars of our childhood when we we presented our first little creations to somebody and somebody somewhere shut us down. Mm-hmm. And and told us that unless we were good, we we needn't even try. And right. um, I think there's something to be gained just in the effort. It doesn't need to be a great result to be valid if you enjoy the process. So mm-hmm. for me, I very much encourage people to simply enjoy the process. Don't be so product oriented. If you if you have fun doing it. That's all. That's all that, you know, that's validity in and of itself. You don't need any more. Well, that that uh, right, wrong, do it right, do it wrong, uh, good or bad, is very strong in all of us. Mm. And, you know, we receive that message very early in our life through our parents, through our teachers. Not so much that they wanted to squash our dreams nor our growth, but it was it's just part of a reflection of their growth as well. It goes back. It's it's almost in all of us. So your suggestion of being open to try something new or something that catches your interest is would be a key, a step one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think true, truly openness is is always. A helpful thing if you're interested in growth. If you're interested mm-hmm. in, in personal growth, I think that definitely would be the first step as I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, sometimes I, uh, in working with people, will suggest workshops or something. And it's, you know, they may not be ready for the message. They may not be in the part of their life that wants expansion. But for those that are it's just allowing their own personal interest to sometimes go ahead of what their friends might think. So don't be influenced by your environment. Listen to your heart about where you want to go, what you want to do. So I really encourage people not to let their environment hold them back, but to listen to their hearts. And I think that's really forward. good advice, Joyce. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think, though, that sometimes our inner heart can also shut us down. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always the external voices that we're responding to. Um, <laughs> I have a friend, Kathy George, who um, who calls the inner critic the itty-bitty <laughs> committee. <laughs> I guess I can't really say that word on radio, maybe. Um, oh, but, yeah. You know, you have to you have to shut down that itty bitty committee that wants to sometimes form and um, shout at you. Oh, you're not good enough, or what are you what are you thinking? You know, who makes 
who, what makes you think that you can can try, try this and be successful? And I think we just have to sort of learn to shut that voice down and not let it be the boss of us, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. not let it quelch our dreams. And um, I think that, you know, if there's one thing that I've done right, it's, it's that I just have be- tried to be brave. I've tried to be willing to um, put myself out there and um, not worry about what other people think. Now, that wasn't always the case. Um, mm-hmm. When I first started painting, I did so very quietly, and I didn't let anybody know that I was painting other than <laughs> my, immediate, my immediate family. I was mm-hmm. quite shy about it, and mm-hmm. um, I, I realized after a time that um, I was kind of shooting myself in the foot by being so um, so worried about what other people thought that I needed to be a little more willing to risk the evaluation of other people and the reaction of other people to what it was that I was doing in order to grow, you know, to get mm-hmm. feedback and in order to um, to share the journey, too. It was very lonely when I, when I was painting very quietly in my own home. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the coming out of the closet, so to speak, has actually been a, a good thing, and I've been um, very happy that you know, and very and very rewarded in in having community around me. I think as women, we often are seekers of community. Um, you mm. know, we I, right. I think women like to do stuff together. You know, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we like so that village. Experience. You do you do weekly classes in the um um. Oh, what, where are you? You're in... I'm in Myrtle Beach, yes. I'm Myrtle in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, yeah. and I do. I do weekly classes, and that creates a real wonderful um, opportunity to to have community. Um, we know one another. We grow together. We reinforce one another. We... Um, we support each other, and that that's a wonderful thing, not only for my students, but for me. Um it's kind of a selfish thing in many ways, this, this teaching thing that I do, because I've been able to grow this little community of like-minded people that I really enjoy. And, mm-hmm. um, and, we, and we do sincerely have a, a, you know, heart relationship. It isn't just business. And so that's fun. I really mm-hmm. enjoy that. Yeah. When, um, I was reading something yesterday about music and the effects of music. And um, I, it mentioned that when people come together, they particularly were talking about music, but I think this applies to all um, areas of creativity. When you when you do things together, there's such a bond that is built with that community that whatever you face, you could go to that community and find the support that you need, which is what you're talking about. Oh, really? I mean, if you cook a meal and you don't share it with anybody, what fun is that, right? <laughs> and um, I think it's I think it's so true that um, for me. Um, the the painting process really isn't complete until it's shared, um, whether that's 
through the exchange of someone purchasing a painting from yeah. you and you you creating that connection through that kind of sharing or whether for me as a teacher you know the the exchange that takes place between me and my students is just fantastically rewarding right. um, I love that so when you were learning would you say that it's never too late to begin something new like painting I do believe it's never too late. It's always going to be enriching and stimulating to not only our um, our emotional selves, but our I think to our physical selves. I mean, there's research out there that shows that people who are engaged in art classes, in particular, um, do better mentally over the course of time late in life um, mm-hmm. by having by having this this regular um, outlet and and perhaps um, challenge to themselves mm-hmm. mentally. Um, you know, I think our brains are, are like any muscle. If you don't use them, um, they deteriorate. And there's nothing... I mean, when I'm doing art, I am making decision after decision after decision <laughs> after decision. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's very stimulating mentally, and I think it accounts for the longevity of so many artists that I have personally been able to um, to study with and, and to know, um, people who are productive and vital into their 80s, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. that's who I want to be. <laughs> I have no desire to retire from life. Right. I want to be involved in something that turns me on until I'm in my 80s, 90s mm-hmm. even. You know, I, wouldn't that be wonderful to be... Oh passionate about something well into late in life yes well painting is one of those things uh, that you could carry on i mean much easier than running i mean there's a physical limit to running but you could continue painting for quite a few years so now i know you have combined your passion love of art into broadening into travel and so that is of course how i met you was through the travel medium we're both kind of travel bugs i think Mm -hmm. but um when we come back from this break uh we will talk about opportunities and how you've worked this into your teaching program so that people can also experience the pleasure of painting in awesome places like italy and you have one in ireland and you have all sorts of opportunities where they can come and travel with you and and see beautiful sights so when we come back we will be talking about this and i want to tell them about instructional videos so we'll be back (laughs) transformational coach motivational speaker and author joyce buford returns after this short break Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. 
Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's Marching Network. So last night, my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's Marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Rebecca is our guest today. Rebecca Zydibble, um, which is a Polish name, correct? Yes, my husband. It was love. Let's put it that way. For me, to adopt his <laughs> name was was true love. And I guess, you know, thirty six later, thirty six years later, I'm fortunate enough. To, oh, to that's still be awesome. Well, he, I met him as well on this trip, so that was a very nice part of seeing you as a couple. So it was very nice. But before we get to the trips, I wanted them to to go to your website as well. Your um, because on your website, you have something that I think is just really, really fun. It's called instructional videos. So somebody can actually see how you put a picture and piece of art together. And one of in the one I saw was the rooster. So um, how did they get to your website, Rebecca? Um, there's a couple ways to get to my website. They all end up taking you to the same place, but the mm-hmm. probably the easiest is, is artmyrtlebeach.com. Mm-hmm. And that's M-Y-R-T-L-E, so artmyrtlebeach.com. And then my name also, RebeccaZArtist.com. That will take you there as well. Mm-hmm. And you are on Facebook and you're also on Instagram and sure all the other resources as well. Mm-hmm. But you and I sort of are soul spirits in the same way that we both love to travel. And so you have been very good at incorporating travel into your artwork. So tell us about that because you have some awesome things coming up. Yeah, I have a um, I have a an annual thing that I've been doing, which is where we met, um, mm-hmm. where I return to this beautiful monastery in Tuscany annually, and um, it is such a pleasure. It's just like a little touchstone for me every year to mm-hmm. to be able to go back and spend that lovely week in Tuscany, one of my favorite places in the world. And then this year, um, in 2017, we'll be leaving in September, um, the last week of September, and we'll be having 
doing a four-day add-on to that week in Tuscany in the Cinque Terre, which is mm. a beautiful ocean oceanfront um, series of five towns that are perched on hillsides very picturesquely and um, it's a place I've been to a few times and I will I just I'm really excited to take people there and um, show them some of my favorite spots there Um, so when we go on these trips what I like to do is dabble in art Um, we it's not just for painters it's um, it's for non-artists as well as as those who like to dabble in, you know, artistic recording of their journey. Um, mm-hmm. we, I call it Eat, Paint, Cook, and we try to <laughs> eat well, very well, because food is very important to me and has, you know, been, like I said earlier, uh, creative cooking was, was an art form for me for many years, and so um, it's, it's something I love. So I've been able to combine all these loves of mine, travel, food, and painting um, with, uh, with this idea of, of seeing beautiful places. So, um, it's so the normal size of groups that you collect for uh, your trips are... I limit it. I limit it. Eight to ten? I limit it to about... 13, and then my husband and I generally go. So the total group ends up being around 15. Um, I like to keep the numbers small so that we don't travel as a, a pack. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're um, we're a small group, and we can um, we can go places and not feel as if we're um, taking over. You know, um, when you travel with large busloads of people, sometimes you can feel like like cattle you know mm-hmm. um yeah. so, do you find yeah. that when you take these trips these groups on trips like this that there's an added element to the class yes Is, i find that the people who are attracted to this kind of trip are just generally wonderful folks people mm-hmm. with artistic hearts who are, are are seekers and appreciators of beauty um they're and those who enjoy um, food and travel in combination with art, I don't know. I've just generally found them to just be fantastic souls. I have, I, I have, just have yet to meet someone who comes on one of these trips that is a stinker, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's really been a joy to associate and make new friends through this process, too. So, um <laughs> Well, the nice thing I liked about this this location was that we we mingled with the groups. We didn't stay separated. So there were three groups, two art groups and my group, which was just travelers. We just traveled. We just Mm -hmm. played the tourists. And I love that we all sat down and ate breakfast, lunch. Well, we didn't eat lunch, but we did dinner. And it was just I mingled in and have really from some of your attendees met the nicest people. I have one lady that still keeps up with me on Facebook. Oh, isn't that <laughs> nice? 
Yes, they really are. A, a, it's just a, a wonderful mindset that I think people bring to this sort of adventure. And when we go to San Fidele, which is the, the Tuscan monastery where we stay, um, you know, it's rare when we have three groups. That probably will never happen again. But the 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 commingling of the the various groups can be a great thing. Like often we'll be put together with um you know other people that might be there to take photographs or um or just enjoy life like you say and it's it's an opportunity to meet new folks and share the experience from maybe another viewpoint right now you have some other things that are going on but then you have something that we can even plan for if it takes you know, 2017, 2018, you have things planned out through there. That's exciting. I do. I do. <laughs> um, in 2018, which is, you know, a little over a year from now, I'll be um, going to Ireland in um, in May. I'm looking forward to having flowers in bloom and um, going to the southern uh segment of Ireland. I don't want to spend too much time in cars and vehicles. So we'll do a 10-day trip to Ireland in May, which is going to be wonderful. And um, then uh, in the fall of 2018, we'll be going back to San Fidele, to Tuscany, to do my favorite places in Tuscany in combination with Venice. In 2018. Oh, cool. So that'll be a fun, a fun couple of of um, ways to experience Italy in totally unique and different ways. Right. So if somebody's thinking about this, they can go to your website and find out the information? They can, and they can also subscribe to my newsletter, which is a great way to to keep in touch with what's happening. I write Mm -hmm. a blog as well. They can sign up to uh, get you know, blog updates on uh, what's taking place in my studio. I also have um, opportunities here in Myrtle Beach for those who are serious artists to come and study um, and take week-long workshops with um, very uh, well-known watercolor artists and instructors. I'll host these twice a year, generally in the Mm -hmm. spring, in February, and in uh, November, um, mm-hmm, often mm-hmm. to do uh, intensive watercolor workshops, and it's very—it's a really wonderful way to just dig in and make some serious progress over the course of a week by dedicating, mm-hmm. you know, dedicating a lot of time and attention to getting better. Yes. So in between your workshops and the, all this traveling, you are constantly painting, aren't you? I'm constantly painting. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly mm-hmm. teaching. Yes, this is definitely um, a full-time endeavor for me these days because, you know, just the coordination of everything takes a lot mm-hmm. of time. And then, of course, I want to paint. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when well, I'm not I, doing other things, I'm doing that. I am so proud to say that you're your piece of San Fideli, the chapel that was there, or church, I guess I call it chapel. It was that is my memory on that goes on my wall. It is that so beautiful, and I'm delighted to know that I have a little piece of that wonderful trip of Rebecca's work, and um, it was just quite memorable that week there. So it was, yeah. wasn't it? That's a beautiful mm-hmm. place. I think I think it's 
been a, kind of, a, it's a sort of a sacred place, obviously being a former monastery, and I love how the owner describes it, that it's bathed in a thousand years of prayer. It's just mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. special. I know. I think I cried every time he told us the story of the transition of that, <laughs> that beautiful monastery from the 16th century. I just, it was just beautiful as he explains this to us. So it is a very special place. Very mm-hmm. special place. It's come over okay. some major transitions. We did a little cooking while we were there, too, which mm-hmm. was kind of nice. That was a nice side um, experience for us. Our chef is a lot of fun. He's he's not very fussy. He's very just a regular man from Chianti is how he likes to refer to himself. <laughs> and so it's pretty right. fun to be in the kitchen with him. Yes, it is. Well, Rebecca, you have given us great insight to the transitions of your life and they're you know they're not so far off from what happens in so many lives of women and we just have to realize there's just always an open door just around the corner so i am especially thankful for you today that you uh, agreed to be on the show oh, as well, thanks i thanks for having me you. <laughs> so <laughs> You have to tell. So anyway, thank you for sharing um, and being so open about your journey and um, letting us know about all the wonderful opportunities we can enjoy with you, as well as the very important message. It is never too late to start painting. You did not come as a painter, you think but you may be a beautiful artist. It's like peeling back the layers and opening yourself up to a new piece, a new you that you haven't discovered yet. So this is what Second Wind is about, reinventing, revisiting those things that make you unique. And sometimes it just means stepping forward and enjoying life for what it is. You have more that you have yet to discover under that flesh in you. So I encourage you, as Rebecca has encouraged her students, and thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, Joyce, it was such a pleasure. I wish you well in, in your endeavors in the future, and I hope we can see one another soon. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 